0: Welcome to the Think Fit, Be Fit podcast, part of the Think Fit, Be Fit podcast network, where we put the power of dynamic fitness back in your hands, one mental rep at a time. Effective thinking for potent fitness. Welcome to the show.
1: All right. Hello. Welcome to Think Fit, Be Fit podcast, a part of the Think Fit, Be Fit network. We're here uh, season six. And, you know, midway through the season, and it's been all about technology. We've gone from, you know, uh, looking at specific pieces of technology that we use here at Impact Your Fitness, Mm -hmm. all the way to just talking about the technology of the body and, you know, just bringing on different specialists, doctors that are harnessing technology and also have a respect for the technology that the body has itself. And I think that is a perfect way to introduce our guest today. Dr. Anthony, um, please say your last name. Well, Balduzzi. Anthony.
0: Balduzzi. But but if you want to get Italian, it could be Balduzzi. You know, okay. if, you, if you want to there attempt it that. No,
1: maybe,
0: There you go. Okay. Yeah. Balduzzi <laughs> yeah. is what I say, but Balduzzi if you want to have fun with it.
1: Yes. We want to have fun. We're recording this on a Friday evening. It's the end of the year. And well, it's evening. <laughs> it's four thirty here, which is pretty much evening for us, right, Angela? That's right. Good <laughs> night. Okay, so I think um, a great place to start is just let's get an introduction on you, and um, we're so glad to have you. So, thank
0: you. Um, I'm happy to be here, and it's it's fun for me to be able to talk with professionals who know like even more than me about like the body's electrical nature. So hopefully this will be a mix of like some inspiration and some nerding out and personal story. But you asked for my backstory, I think it'd be fun to start there. Um, My name is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi. I didn't grow up thinking I was going to become a doctor or really even a health professional. But I had a kind of unique childhood in the sense that I was born um, upstate New York, Syracuse. And I watched my dad basically work himself to the bone, just bust his butt to provide for the family, And his health began to really deteriorate Uh, he had a seizure one day and he was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer and Mm. he ended up battling that for a number of years chemo radiation brain surgery and it was powerful because when he had his brain surgery this was like many many years ago the technology was not nearly as good as today you know they cut his skull open removed a big part of his brain and i saw the neurologic effects of that he was paralyzed basically from uh, half of his body because they took a lot of the motor cortex out in that area And so seeing the man I love most of my life deteriorate in front of my eyes, woke me up to a lot of things. And then he finally passed when he was 42 years old and I was nine. So I got very passionate about health and fitness to heal from that. In my mind, I wanted to become strong so that I didn't get cancer. And I also wanted to step up and be the man of the house in a certain sense. And the way I started to heal was my mom gave me a pair of my dad's old, old dumbbells. And I used to like pull them out at night and exercise And what was amazing to me is like, I had so much pain in my heart, but when I exercised and did fitness, I started to like, feel stronger and happier. And I'm like, there's something here. So I just like went all in, I got deep into fitness, um, throughout high school and into university. I began competing as a bodybuilder, which is a powerful experience. I did that for about 10 years um, and I learned how to take my body to like a very high level and learned a lot about training, nutrition, supplementation. And then I ended up going to naturopathic medical school, which is like a holistic kind of medicine that certainly integrates like a lot of these preventative philosophies, nutrition, lifestyle, supplementation, prescriptions when needed. Um, and, and I did and I, I, medical school. I had a profound experience that woke me up to the electrical nature of the body. Not that I didn't understand it from medical school, but firsthand. I went skiing at the the final year of medical school and I I was skiing very irresponsibly. I knew I needed to slow down and I was on a run and I did a a jump off this high thing going about 30 miles per hour. And it was one of those slow motion moments in the air where I was like, "Uh uh-oh, this is not going to end well. Like skis cross and I hit the ground really hard. My skis blow off and I'm just like tumbling head over foot. I had a helmet on, uh, thankfully, and I slam into a tree going about 30 miles per hour. and My right femur explodes into six pieces. And so like exploded, like shattered, like explosion in the bone. If I would have hit that tree anywhere else besides my leg, instant death, my arm is broken. And this kind of led to a very powerful healing experience. I think like my second crash, my dad's death was the first one. My second one was me basically destroying my body through this egoic approach to exercise and what I was doing on that particular day. And so to heal that, I've had six reconstructive surgeries, stem cells, using PEMF pads, using electrical stimulation devices, learning about nutrition and rehab, and all, all the while while I'm doing this, I'm, I'm running two health companies. One's called the Fit Father Project, and another one's called the Fit Mother Project, where we help busy parents, like my dad, over 40, lose weight and get healthy. So it's been a powerful personal healing journey, um, and on the business side, like I love what I do. I love helping people with longevity and age well and to heal in um, a little, I guess, professional bragging is we've had around 100,000 dads and moms over 40 go through our programs and they've had great results. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. I'm a guy who's really interested in personal development, uh, healing, <laughs> electricity, all these things.
2: Mm.
1: Well, uh, we enjoyed some of the before and afters. We saw we were we were scrolling and looking through them and, you know, we're just big fans of transformation yeah. and, you know, seeing all this just people turning it around and, and, you know, that's my, you know, it's one of my favorite things to look at. Right. So let's, you know, I wanted to say like, I have something in common with you. I, my mother died when she was 53 of Lou Gehrig's disease. And, you know, to watch that person melt away in front of you and, you know, with ALS, they, they, they still have like their consciousness, about them and they can mm-hmm. you know they can pretty much have their faculties mentally but yeah. the body is you know just slowly melting and that woke me up i was um 19 and that woke me up to all kinds of ideas and thoughts and you know i learned uh it, you know i learned a lot obviously but a fascination with muscles And And nervous system, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And one of my, I, I'm so glad I didn't have two crashes (laughs) because one of my big awakenings for electricity as a body was like going to cadaver study Mm -hmm. and, you know, really opening up the specimen. Um, I had seen like pro, um, section cadavers before, Mm -hmm. but I got into dissecting myself, Mm -hmm. which felt like, a big task, but it ended up being very spiritual and in the, in the end. And I learned, um, I, I just, you know, just seeing how tough and strong the tissue is and then seeing like, oh, so you just bend over and this thing just falls apart. I don't think so. This thing is tough and strong. And I just, I don't have a piece of equipment at this lab that can break through it. You know what I mean? Like you have to use some serious power tools to get through it.
2: Yeah.
1: Anyways, all that to say, it was very obvious that the body was electric, even though nothing was plugged in at the time. It was just mm-hmm. like, well, if, if if these tissues are failing, meaning like the, the the spine, the muscles, the tendons, it's electric. Yeah. And well. I really didn't it I didn't have an aha moment with like how it all came together until I got my hands, you know, even deeper into muscle testing Mm -hmm. and using the electrical stim that we use and, you know, reading some of Dr. Jerry Tennant's work and Mm -hmm. it just all started coming together just these two past years versus, you know, I started studying this in 2011 Mm -hmm. and I read the body is electric back then. Great, And it didn't quite click even. I was just kind of in over my head on the neuroanatomy. And since then, I've taken neurodynamics and learned all I can about the the, the anatomy too. All that to say is we've got something pretty cool in common that I don't have in common with a lot of people. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's really powerful. And I, and I think the books you recommended, if anyone's interested, are both fantastic books. I remember when I read The Body Electric, one thing that really helped my healing journey with my leg was some of the, the frog experiments where they would cut off the frog's leg and it regrows. yeah. Um, and they could even cut off the frog's leg and cut the motor nerves. So mm-hmm. and the and the leg would still regrow even though the frog couldn't use it. But if they cut the sensory nerves, the leg would not regrow. Like mm. that blew my mind. So it's like, okay, the sensory afferent nervous system is key for recruiting the immune cells, the stem cells, the regeneration aspect of it. And it makes a lot of sense why when we as therapists or even individuals go through a rehab and healing process, when we drive more uh, neurologic connection, more sensation into an area, you're literally helping the nervous system interface with the immune system to generate healing and tissue change. So that's a huge insight, in my opinion.
1: Mm, Yeah, the interface. Exactly. It's like that's your that's your phone screen and you're just it's just so cool. (laughs) And People don't like really connect. Like the, you know, how the, the muscles and the nervous system are like that, that entryway into those triggers of healing and, oh, anyways, wow. So we could definitely go down that rabbit hole. What do you want to say, Angela? I
3: just would like to take a moment and say how inspired I am by both of your stories and how much I admire both of your devotion to then turn around and create, something beautiful in the world to not only generate self-healing, but also so that other people may be spared some unnecessary suffering. So I just want to take a second, you know, most profound respect to both of you, because a lot of people either don't have the resources intellectually or otherwise to do that. And I just really, um, everybody that goes through your program, everybody that steps foot in this door, um, they are the beneficiary of the transformation of your suffering into something beautiful and profound. And I, I've seen it um, time and time with, again, with Jen. She's just so committed and convicted to share everything that she's learned. And I just know that both your your mom and your dad would be so proud and honored at this work. So I just wanted to, to take a second there. And just that's a huge message to anyone listening. Like, what are you suffering from? What is your greatest challenge? And how can you turn that around into some form of action. And maybe it's not a product or or something out in the world, but maybe it's like bringing your neighbor dinner. I don't know what it is, but I just wanted to, to thank you both. That was yeah. beautiful.
0: I received that mm-hmm. seriously. And I guess insofar as the body mechanics may be electric, the point mm-hmm. of that electric activity is to go through our own healing journeys and then become of service. Like of that, I am certain. So I appreciate that. It's like, all this activity and this health we have is it can be channeled through our own pain into healing for others. And I think mm-hmm. we all have the opportunity for that. So I love that. Thank you.
3: You're so welcome.
1: Yeah. Well, we've got some on fire nervous system. Yeah. <laughs> <On
3: fire. laughs> so, Doc, I would love to hear from you if this is a good way to seg, um, like just to, to get your advice or input onto what, has, what have been a few of the most effective ways for you to communicate with these really busy moms and dads who maybe prioritize everyone else in their life and, and let their own health and wellness go by the wayside? And, and like we hear a lot of different rationale, but it sounds like, you know, we know that there's excuses and we can see on the other side their transformation, but sometimes to build a bridge between where they are and what they currently see and what you see and, and you know, what have you found to be effective in terms of communicating with busy professional moms and dads?
0: That's a really powerful question. And I think the underlying truth there that we all know is that it takes more than just having a plan to be healthy or having information. There is a connection, motivation, emotion behind all change that we must ultimately decide and understand and connect to in our, in our own being. One of the the one of the things I hear all the time from people who struggle with their health over 40 busy parents is like, I don't have the time to blank. I don't have the time to exercise. I don't have the time to eat healthy. And they're expressing this sensation of, of low bandwidth because they have a lot of responsibility. But they're also expressing a underlying logical fallacy. And that is that their bodies and their health is somehow different than the rest of their lives, that they have oh, yeah. a circle of a body and they have a circle of the rest of their lives, and they feel like they have no ability to juggle these two things, when the truth is, these are body vehicles that we take everywhere we go with us. And ultimately, the quality of the body, how good it feels, the energy it has, is gonna color all of our experiences and perceptions. So it's like, it's all one integrated game. So the goal is to help people find integration where they no longer feel like management of their body and management of the rest of their life is two separate games, it's just one thing. And that's actually what health means. It means wholeness. It's like bringing it all together. And so the way we help people do this is everyone has a certain sense of of what they value, their, their core values. These are the things that we're typically moving towards or moving away from. I think for a lot of parents, it's typically like raising good kids or making memories and connections with them. It might be pursuing a career that finds meaning, experiencing financial abundance, being of service, integrity, like whatever these core values are. We help our, our busy parents bring those to the forefront of their awareness okay this is actually what i care about i care about financial abundance having good experiences being a great parent being active in my community and then ask yourselves how does your health relate to all of those areas even the areas you might not intuitively recognize like how does your health relate to your ability to like make money and be productive well you know it tends i i always get these afternoon energy slumps around two or three and i realize I'm always tired, not as productive as I could be. And, you know, I go into these sales meetings and I don't feel as confident as I could be. So when people start to make these new connections about how their health is actually truly connected to all these areas they already care about, we're starting to create more integration in their perception of why health matters and what this is literally doing. And this is where it comes in from just the psychology into the actual nervous system is we're creating new neural grooves we're creating new neuro associations. When we link ideas with emotion, it's a very powerful way to pattern in like a new memory and relationship, a new neural groove that now gives someone a lot more emotive power to stay on track with something long-term. And what's fascinating about fitness motivation is it changes in every decade. In the 20s, it's often people trying to be good in athletics or look good to attract a partner. In the 30s, it's kind of like, how do I keep this all going while I'm building a career? And then 30s and 40s, how do I actually do this with busy kids? So the (laughs) motivation needs to change with every decade. And I think reconnecting with that is a very powerful thing. That's why we're called the Fit Father and Fit Mother Project, not like the Fit Man or Fit Women Project, because it kind of belies the fact that there is a deeper connection that people need to make to their health. Practically speaking, before we give anyone any fitness advice or meal plans or workouts, we run them through a journaling and reflection exercise that's very powerful, that basically asks them these series of these questions, has them do some reflection, future casting what life looks like if they make a change and not make a change. And we're giving this like this really visceral experience uh, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, that culminates in a written mission statement where they've made a powerful declaration about why this matters. Mm -hmm. And then we actually booby trap their environment by having them print that Mm -hmm. out and put it around shared space. yeah. So that's, that's like the, that's like the, that's like, right. Cause it's like our space in a sense is like the extension of us and what we're creating. So we help to like really bolster that environment and that combination of that stuff. And then you start to get them in the dojo of eating healthier and moving more frequently. It's, it can be a powerful shift for people. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's the, the, the question, the answer to that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I heard you talking about like having a vision for just better movement with one of our clients today, you know, and
3: what, 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 how do you think she received that? (laughs) It was interesting because we were talking about how she saw her foot move versus how it was actually moving. And that uh, the visual feedback then informed, actually, her nervous system's ability to, to move it. I think it was good, actually. Yeah. I think it really landed. Okay. Um, and I love you, that you booby trap somebody's place. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the mission statement's really a, a wonderful, I think, tool. Um, I heard that you really draw in powerful internal motivators and then remind them of why they're doing it. Um, sorry, I kind of diverted from the, no, that was the, the, the visual. No, that's good. Yeah. 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 No, I just kind of
1: wanted to, you know, yeah, hit on that again. And just say like, yeah, like highlight that, 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 that seems pretty important to, you know, speak it, see it,
3: feel it.
0: Yes. And
3: before you do it. Yes. Right. Yeah. I think we all have um, blind spots with term in terms of logic, like you were saying, there's a fallacy that nobody may be called out mm-hmm. or we just operate on these this reasoning that isn't true, you know, yeah. and and really asking ourselves what's important and how do I get there? And yes. like cutting out that the, the distractions and the trash, the garbage, the fallacies is a really powerful way to, I think, stay on target. And one thing that um, happened for me this past year that was really powerful was, you know, like all like almost all parents, you know, I w- love for my son to have a beautiful life. He's 15. And he, I I found something that he wrote with his permission. I don't snoop, but he basically the gist of it was I won't share the whole thing, but it was like, I just want my mom to be happy. It was like something like that because I've been a period of stress and I didn't realize how much that impacted him and realizing like, oh, actually, when I take care of myself, it provides something for him that he can't get somewhere else. So when he sees me in the gym, like in our home gym and like really taking care of myself, that's the model because you can say it all day, but they, they think about in my experience, our children look at us and like, what are you doing? Not mm-hmm. what are you saying? And so, um, my vision for him, like is to, to be, to create as beautiful life as possible. And I realize that to in order to create that, my logical mind say, "Oh, sacrifice everything for, for him." But it's sure. not true. That's the logical fallacy. So, yeah. if you can have someone call us out, what a gift!
0: Yeah, and and what a motivation for you at this stage. That it would only be the motivation that a health conscious mom who has read something her son wrote. It like could have like it's it's beautiful and leaning into that and bolstering that with any other motivation you have for a body that looks a certain way, feeling really good and sharp, and that on top of it, like that's wow. And also it's so beautiful, I like to continue this analogy of the the nervous system. It's about connections, it's about communication, it's about signaling through electricity. And I think in a way the same metaphor works with like us as humans with one another, we are like <laughs> neurons communicating and like giving off different signals to one another that is having a, a joint forward and backwards influence constantly. We're all always in connection and healthier cells tend to be get healthier cells and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And we're always learning and always changing and we can remodel. So I think it's it's really beautiful how life's set up in the microscopic and the macroscopic in a very similar way.
1: Wow, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, you, you use the word like have a visceral experience. Like the podcast does that for me. Like, cause moments like that where I can, you know, kind of really soak it in and say, yeah, we're, you know, we are like, you know, that, that, that ocean wave where it looks separate, it looks powerful in its own, but it's not, it, it dissipates in the wholeness and Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, you know, it's not separate at all. Beautiful.
3: And yeah, beautiful. Um, What is my life? What are my challenges a solution to what is life trying to answer through me? Mm.
0: I love Uh, that. And I actually think that's the, that's the mode of the nervous system that, that allows for healing in response to adversity. Like if I remember when I, when I shattered my leg and I'm just like, was so broken physically, like there's one way you can go in that moment where you could be like, this is the worst. I hate this. I don't want this to happen. Like, why did this happen? And then there's the other mode of like actually embracing it, recognizing that there's something to be gained through this. And even if it's just the process of surrender, forgiveness, healing, softening, like there's always the gift in the seed of every adversity. And like, and then that's why people look back and they're like, man, I'm so glad that thing happened to me. Guess what happened? Guess who I met? Guess what I learned? Guess how much I grew? So that embracing versus resisting, I think, is a is mirrored in the nervous system's tone as well as like in our own psychology so i guess i'm just trying to say i don't think these things are different i think we're having Mm -hmm. these experiences of of emotions in certain mindsets with a nervous system basis to them and to live a long healthy life we need to learn how to have good connection as well as predominantly parasympathetic nervous system tone and that is this comes that's like the thing like we we want to have a relaxed healthy connected electrical system with good nutrients and uh, healthy natural inputs, and then we can live a long life.
1: The new flex is a uh, <laughs> the new flex is a parasympathetic flexibility. Fact. <laughs> Facts. Fact. <laughs> Facts. Put your biceps away. <laughs> <That's okay>. um, <laughs> so speaking of when, so you've helped people all over the country and the world. Yes. Yeah, and so you've been operating online for pre-COVID. over a,
0: over a decade. Yeah.
1: Awesome. That's, that's awesome. So we're seeing more and more people with, you know, autoimmunity and just in general, like, you know, really like a lot of fights within internal conflicts with the body. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, they want to feel better, of course, but they also want, they also feel like exercise is a gateway to get them there. Mm hmm. Um, have you been in like? Had, do you work with folks, bringing them on board with autoimmunity um, and things like that? And then
0: for sure, how
1: how how do you start online with someone like that? Like, wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's such a it's such a like a challenging, can feel disheartening and kind of complicated experience when you feel like your body is fighting against you in a sense. And I think the massive rise in autoimmunity that we're seeing are due to environmental factors that are non-natural and, bring, and causing damage to our system. And, and I think you, you both probably will agree with me in this. It's, it's a lot of our uh, inflammatory, unhealthy glyphosate pesticide sprayed foods. It is actually a lot of our dysregulation of our circadian rhythm, which disrupts mm-hmm. melatonin signaling, which creates inflammation in the GI tract and actually causes those normally tight junctions to become leakier. And so there is actually like a toxic external influence that is leading to the presentation of autoimmune, um, as well as a truly actually emotional trauma too can be a legitimate trigger to autoimmune. We have, I've, I have a very close yeah. uh, friend of my family who she was very unfortunately had some sexual trauma in life and, and, and in coping in response to that trauma, she literally had some autoimmune conditions flare up in her body. And like, so it's, it's powerful how even our emotional experience relates to how our, our immune system runs and functions. And so with all healing, like the first thing you need to do is like remove any kind of toxic influence. Like imagine you have a fish in like toxic water and you just keep on pumping it full of like vitamins. It's not going to be a good move until you can remove the toxicity and getting to the root of that can be Mm -hmm. a little bit of, can be a little bit complicated, but uh, oftentimes people have uh, autoimmunity and poor digestive function. Is, is like go hand in hand. Is that what you guys are seeing in your practice as well?
1: Yeah. And even when the digestive stuff gets kind of in line, I, I don't see a lot of progress for people until they reach into the, that energetic component yeah. of what they feel, like what is the, the energetic component of those internal conflicts.
0: Which would be moving you into a parasympathetic state out of a probably a low-grade sympathetic state, right?
1: Yeah. And yeah, like all the time, subclinical pretty much, like Mm -hmm. not, and we have particularly a lot of, we get a lot of referrals for Mm -hmm. Ehlers-Danlos and hypermobility. Mm -hmm. And, you know, time and time again, I'm like, wow, this person needs a team. To get them out of this, you know, cycle that they're in, because Mm -hmm. it is, there's just not one thing. They come to us to help stabilize their muscles and their body, but, you know, rarely is that the only thing that can help. It's, you know, I have, well, I I can't think of an example where, you know, our work was the only thing that was supporting them for sure towards success. So, you know, and that, and we're just seeing more and more of it. Um, and it's, you it's know, gotta it be correlated
0: is with, it's, it's got to be a lot correlated with, with stress and in people's internal environments. I mean, the fancy field is like the psycho neuro basically how our thoughts and our emotional state as mirrored in the nervous system is dynamically affecting how our immune system functions, our inflammatory parameters and markers. Yes. This is also why mindfulness practices, prayer, meditation, breath work, cold plunge, heat exposure, like these things that bring more presence and then like more peace like tend to be a big role in people's healing journey for autoimmunity and emotional trauma. It's like, it's not, it's multifactorial. It's not like the only answer, but until the inner conflict is, <laughs> the inner conflict almost like of the, of the mind and the emotions is gonna be mirrored in like the immune systems conflict in a sense too. I think those it's all kind of one thing expressing in different ways.
1: Yes, I just had this experience of unveiling it for myself. I've been receiving energy work and doing emotional work since I was 18 years old.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And it's still evolving for me. Like I had a consultation with a homeopathic practitioner a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And he, I mean, we dug into the emotional component of, you know, some things that I was managing, but also like I was, I'm like, done, man. I'm like, you know, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. psychically and physically done managing them sure. I you know I thought and and it, it, I think it was the a r- a right move to work with him mm-hmm. but I just couldn't believe these three things that have been lingering like I said manageable with my tools mm-hmm. right but if I don't like it's it's it is it was a true fact that if I wasn't cold plunging three days a week yes my sleep and anxiety were affected yes like that's the kind of cycle I was on, right? Yeah. And I just couldn't believe the top three complaints I had about my whole entire health and being were all related to, you know, just a sustained, you know, small trauma when I was younger, um, and something I was carrying around for a really long time. And yeah, I'm still blown away. Okay, um, so there's some I will new, continue uh, to do that.
0: <laughs> there's some new research that is is showing that adverse childhood events creates an echo of of issues with immune system function and mitochondrial function. Mm. And that when like the just dis- degree of severity of ACEs, as they call them, you can grade them and you know, however someone carries that, like literally is like epigenetically changing people so that they have worse gene expression, lower ATP production. The, the nervous system is is more on high alert. So we must address our emotional roots and wounds. And we all have yeah. them in some way, shape, or form, and we can heal from them. So here's an interesting story. One of my closest friends, who's actually a practitioner of using the the newbie NuFit device, it's an electrical stim device, went on, he had, he had sexual trauma from his youth and he ended up going on, like get trying some psychedelics. He took a couple like heroic mushroom trips that like broke him down to such a big extent. And then he built up himself up and integrated. He completely resolved his autoimmune thyroid condition in the process of the emotional healing without changing anything about medications or parameters like this, like there's an example of of yeah. something. And he actually it, it had those autoimmune conditions happen after he had some of that trauma as a presentation. So it's all completely connected. And what's so yeah. cool is like, It can be done top down, like the psychological, emotional, energetic healing work and then manifest in the body. But I also think the kind of work that you both do where you actually directly interface with the body and you're Mm -hmm. getting it to move a certain way, you're giving it different inputs, can actually like bring up, stir up and like help shake up and heal the emotions too. It's like a two-way street. The physical Mm -hmm. modalities help, help the release of the trauma and the trauma release helps the contractions in the body as well.
1: Yes. Boom. (laughs) Boom. Yeah. I have some examples of that for sure. I've seen it. And just giving people more energy to do the things, right? Mm -hmm. Like if your muscle system is firing on all cylinders, you have more energy. Your brain is less foggy, even if it's inundated and overwhelmed. Like it can, you can, man, the human machine is amazing. (laughs) Amazing.
3: I heard this one thing from Dr. John Ray. Now, there's no way to prove it, but it sounds very interesting and compelling. He said that ACEs or traumatic experiences are stored as holographic crystals in the tissues, (laughs) which sounds kind of crazy. But okay, if we, let's just, let's just play it out. Okay. Mm -hmm. And guess how it's resolved? Through, well, guess what's necessary for the resolution? Not only Sunlight. awareness, partly. Yes, It's like light and then minerals. Oh. Like there's some uh, flow of electricity, you know, and Dr. Mm-hmm. Tennant, uh, part of his work is they talk about emotions being stored as like basically it's like disharmony in the field. If we're also mm-hmm. relating to the sound of our bodies and mm-hmm. DNA that there's this screeching noise. One of the instruments is out of tune mm-hmm. because of some tra- trauma that sort of lodge either holographic crystal or some kind of frequency. And then what can happen is like, and then also to have compassion for ourselves because a five-year-old or a three-year-old or pre-verbal cannot physically or psych psychologically deal with some of these things that are happening. I mean, some of right. this stuff it just make, it'll make your masculine heart. Like it's just, it's just hard to to hear these things. But so the point is that what the work, what you're saying, maybe, you know, this guy that you knew did and that Mm -hmm. this healing work that we're all doing is to bring up that event in a way that is like, you can repattern it. You can remove that harmful emotion that, disharmony that thing that's out of tune and bring it back in tune as a memory so that that trauma becomes wisdom not something that's stealing voltage yes and i think that if we're looking at what's the advantage of some of these it, we are being bombarded by emf all of these mm-hmm. this radiation these toxins in the air all these things well what if part of their role is to bring forth this healing that wouldn't occur because we could have put that emotional thing that happened when we were ten on the back burner mm-hmm. but we can't afford that voltage drain now that all of these other things are accumulating so it's like bam we we got to deal with it and that's for for our benefit ultimately <laughs> not easy not for the faint of heart but your story of that autoimmune healing is really powerful and so what i would love to hear from you is in particular how do you make the connection maybe this relates to my first question and maybe you already answered it but (laughs) like with in particular with men or someone who's very like Newtonian focused, like um you know how do you bridge that gap? And and maybe there is no bridge. Maybe we just plant seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, between, hey, you know, this toxic relationship or that event when you didn't nobody picked you up from the bus stop. And it doesn't have to be something major like trauma in part is perceived. It's physical, mental, all of these layers um, between like, hey, in order to get to that root cause, surgery is not going to fix it. Sorry. Most of the time this isn't going to fix it. How do you build a bridge to like, let's say that a man comes in. Yeah. I, you, you got my question.
0: Yes, I do. I think the bridge, I think the bridge already exists scientifically for that rationally minded person that wants the the science is and it's through epigenetics. It's, it's mm-hmm. like giving them a book like Bruce Lipton's biology of belief and, and showing mm-hmm. people that the different thoughts and emotional states are actually changing our expression on a cellular level. And this is the connection point. It is known. It is like on-off switches that are happening in our genes due to the how we're experiencing in the hormonal milieu. So I, I suppose it's, it's like it's, it's talking to them in a scientifically minded way. Um, could be one thing. And there's also just a bunch of stack of research papers too that you could bring in and have out there being like, look, there is a deep connection between our emotional states and how our body heals conducts electricity uh, in, in our different hormone production. Check this out. Check this out. Here's why we, we do this more holistic work because you're just not going to heal if you believe your body is strictly a, like a mechanistic machine and we only work on this level. I'm inviting you to work on multiple levels um, and there's actually some science on this and this is the science of the, uh, I believe, of the future where we're going into a deeper cut and understanding of the body. So maybe that's, that's one approach that, that could be compelling and just helping people like the buzzwords of psychoneuroimmunology immunology or epigenetics, like they are the connection points to this, this kind of work. So maybe having some, like a little body or pamphlets of, of stuff that could help someone understand in that way. I, I think that'd be helpful for sure.
3: Great. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What other, I mean, we've not been we we just have so many of those the Newtonian folks walking through the door because they hear like that muscle activation techniques it has this brand name especially in sports where you know it it activates the muscle and that's the problem right and yeah there's so many times where I'm I'm running through that script in my head with clients and on the podcast we have another show on the network that's just uh Little, smaller episodes where I talk about these, you know, case studies and examples that have played out in the studio or with me myself and mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. you know, the full spectrum of health, but also like the fun biological stuff that I find exciting. So I have
0: another idea that just came to mind. And that's discussion is awesome. one way mm-hmm. to speak to people who are very like, uh, Newtonian cause effect, like linear minded is to even just think of like their nervous system as having a finite amount of bandwidth that is ultimately going to be taxed and used up if they're having things running in the background. Like, sir, do you feel like you have a constantly active and busy and stressed mind? And do you, are you always worrying about things? Well, this is literally taxing your nervous system's ability to um, initiate the healing, recruit the immune system have the proper communication, even like use up more energy than it needs to in this particular circumstance. And if you want to heal, if you need to be well, we do this in a rest restored state. A baby does not grow in a mother's womb in a stressed state. It grows in a mother's womb in, in a, in a slew sl- of like a warm bath full of nutrients and love. Mm. And like, this is the state that we heal in this sympath- this parasympathetic relaxed state. And so even the idea of RAM and bandwidth might be a helpful analogy even if they don't need to go to the, the the deeper levels of understanding emotional trauma, how it might be stored holographically in our bodies, the relationship of water and that stuff and the minerals, even just the concept and the analogy of of RAM, I think is could be fairly helpful for somebody where you just have uh, like your inefficient use of resources and you want your whole body to be directed, especially if you have something chronic that's not resolving mm-hmm. on its own. It's because your system hasn't been able to tap in and, and do the do the deep healing because it's busy keeping up with other stuff that's really not efficient.
3: Yeah, that's a great analogy. Yeah, thank you.
1: Yeah. Uh, That was Yeah, that will be helpful for sure. And then I think to piggyback off of that, I don't think to get like sustainable fitness, Mm -hmm. sustainable, good relationship with your body and exercise. You know, it's the same thing, like your nervous system needs to be in the game with you. Yeah, like it's not Like, I I think, you know, we can get these, like, short-term, you know, wins, if you will, when people inappropriately fast Mm -hmm. or, you know, do the calorie counting for a couple weeks. They get little wins, Mm -hmm. but that's not sustainable, mostly, I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe the methodology, but also, like, you didn't invite your nervous system into the
2: game, you know?
0: Yeah, it's your forcing versus, like, it's an integrated, joyful process. And I think that's something that we, we need to even be mindful of how there's different seasons of life and how we want, oftentimes people want to develop these rigid training and exercise mm-hmm. plans. Um, but, and those can work for a, a training block. You're an athlete, you're doing a training block to prepare for a particular thing on a particular day and you're pushing and stretching and it's, it's a well-planned out training for most of us who are like parents and professionals and we're, our stress is dynamically up and down. It's like actually being more, auto-regulated and graceful where we're adapting constantly the the intensity of our exercise with how much bandwidth we do have. Stressful period with a lot of creative output in your, in your work and your job. Maybe you're not also doing high-intensity exercise three times that week. Maybe it's just once or twice and there's more restorative work. And then the ability to adapt and flow with that, I think, is like the art of a high performance and sustainable routine. High performance doesn't mean all the RPMs all the time. It means tactical RPMs in the right spots that kind of like counterbalance each other. And I find I can really only push hard on a couple fronts in my life at a time. And when I feel like I'm taxed I'm doing one too many areas, too hard and fast. And it's like something has to drop to the background for something to become highlighted in the foreground.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yes, I do know that. I've mm-hmm. uh, been down that red line mm-hmm. alley <laughs> for sure. Can we sell parents on the idea that their lifestyle is high performance
2: mm-hmm. uh, for right. sure. and treat
1: themselves as high performance people? Oh, I love that's it. Yes. What, that, that's what my
2: question. Is. Yes.
0: I think you yeah. can when they're at a certain stage of their success in the trajectory and the journey. I think mm-hmm. before that, Like that's a little bit of an empowered psychology. That's the psychology of someone who feels like they see the light already and they know they're performing okay, but they could be better and that they need better systems and tactics and strategies and routines to do that. When someone's starting out and they, and they're almost like stuck in these like darker patterns, patterns of self-sabotage guilt. Mm -hmm completely over, overwhelmed, they need a different kind of psychology that is more tapping into their deep values and then kind of like bring them along that good is good enough and then building them up. And I think there's the next tier of psychology where you can get a parent to believe their high performance. Uh, and then there's levels beyond that for sure. So I think part mm-hmm. of our goal as practitioners is to meet someone with the right conversations that touch them at the right stage in their psychology as best as we can Uh, understand that and perceive that and then grow with them as, because what's motivating for them when they're losing weight and they reach their goal weight is different than what's going to help them in their next stage. So, Mm -hmm.
3: yeah. Wow. Beautifully said. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That requires a sensitivity and um, really an awareness and and presence that um, we, we, we challenge ourselves to, to embody that Every, every day here, it's hard. <laughs> it can be hard.
0: And, and working with an 18 year old athlete, if we told him or her that like, Hey, this is going to help, you know, your, your expression as the fullest, greatest extent of your being, <laughs> and you're going to be connected all they'd be like, what, dude, I, I just want to be faster. And, and like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, and that's, and that's great. And I think at that st- stage of psychological development, that is the prime motivation that mm. kind of envelops all these deeper ones. And then, you know, the seeds are being planted that will sprout later.
1: Yeah. Well, we just had we just finished a course of treatment with this wonderful young man. How old is sixteen? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he was in here on the hydrogen machine, selling us on <laughs> grounding for forty minutes a day. He nice. was like this is this is it, guys. Yep. I mean, we were like, yeah. Like <laughs> it was so. that was so fun. He's yeah. He's feeling really good. So he's not like, you know, coming back for his uh follow-up. But we'll see him soon, I'm sure.
0: That's really good. I love that. But I
1: think it's, um I just found this study from 2015 where they took, I think like 32, 34, something like that, college male athletes. And they did eccentric exercises with them. And did do you know what study I'm talking about? No,
2: but um, they I'm did, gone
1: uh, three days of monitoring mm-hmm. and, and they had these kids do the eccentric exercise, measured some blood markers for muscle damage. Yeah. And, and of course, like some survey, you know, how do you feel like, you know, what's sore, this and that. So the young men who, uh, so they had them ground for four hours, and they were allowed to use technology
2: mm-hmm.
1: and just not allowed to drink alcohol or like do any other exercise. And the guys who, so they had, they were on a mat. They weren't actually like yeah. outside. So they, they would call it sham grounding, mm-hmm. like the control and the, the kids who were grounding, I mean, they had, you know, the, on day three had less, you know, I guess, inflammation yeah, in their lower, muscles. Lower and less...
0: creatine kinase and those yes, kind of markers. Yeah,
1: exactly. But interestingly, the second day they had higher neutrophils, which is like immune system activity. Yeah. So it was getting busy. Hey, mm-hmm. yeah. But it, it like the busyness worked for day three. Mm-hmm. They were much less like injured, if you will, or inflamed. Anyways, I just thought that was anyway. Ha- interesting. Haven't shared it with Tommy yet, so maybe he's gonna be really in he's Tommy after, nuts. Yeah.
3: <laughs> he's gonna be really in the grounding after that. So I would like to know from you if we have our for our male listeners what are some of the best ways that their family or their spouse could support them if they're looking to do some kind of transformation like that you offer that we offer here? Do you have any input or any words of wisdom that you could share with, with their families or spouses?
0: For sure. I think, um, in spouses for guys, I think it's always helpful to get to receive from like in the acts of service, love language of, helping smooth out the daily routine like of food and making nutrition even easier. Like, Man, I think no, no guy would say no to a support with one really great, tasty, healthy meal per day as they're working on managing their life and getting deeper into uh, their fitness habits. So anywhere in the food and operating the household and making it easier to eat healthier food and have healthier food available in the house, With maybe some batch cooking keeping proteins around etc would be a tremendous help to anyone if you have a man in your life who wants to transform and you're living in the same house and you can help him with food that would be that would be a really great service i would say because ultimately like the exercise you know so every person needs to to find the time to do that and have the clarity in the plan um and i think when a guy feels very motivated he's down to go get after it he feels clear on his routine he feels motivated uh there's a psychology that kicks in for both women and men And one of those is with the all or nothing mindset, when one thing starts to fall off, everything else starts to domino off. And I think one of the main vulnerabilities and tripping points up when people are getting healthier is the nutrition. Like, they don't eat well. Something happens, and then they're like, oh, "Screw it, it's a cheat day." Or, "Man, I'll just—I don't feel like working out today." And then you get this negative momentum cycle kick in. So, anything you can do to kind of bolster the environment to keep that positive generative cycle, which I think is going to be primarily driven by the food input, because when we eat healthier, we tend to want to move a little bit more. Is is probably my top advice there. And so, I don't mm. know what you can do for your clients. like <laughs> Go make them some some <laughs> meals, like right. It's not, uh, but I guess. Yeah, I think it's like in the, in the household that feels more relevant.
1: Mm. We stick them on the hydrogen. Yeah, we do. Yeah. That's good. Um, <laughs> we're, yeah. We're, Cellular yeah, energy. Yeah, hydrate, minerals, energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and we have a great espresso up. So sometimes hey, that, hey, that gets called hey, into.
0: Caffeine love. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This whole season has been dedicated to, to technology. You definitely touched on the technology of the body and the nervous system. And just what a beautiful conversation. What about uh, technology that you recommend and guide your audience towards or something that you love using yourself? Either one is a great answer.
0: Well, I think like the, the power of, well, this is something I actually legitimately used and, you know, use it most nights is I have, I have grounding sheets in my, in my bedroom. So my sheets are mm. grounded, but what I even do even more is if I have a, a like a focal point injury, I go on Amazon and I buy just the EKG sticky pads are like the conductive little gel pads. And then there's a grounding wire and you can connect that to your outlet and you just put it on right where mm-hmm. you want to get a little uh, more love. Uh, you know, I've been rehabbing my leg and some knee stuff from all those surgeries. And like, I noticed a f- phenomenal benefit when I sleep with those particular mm-hmm. areas grounded with a little sticky pad on it. Uh, it's so it's cool. So I, I think like you can use grounding more uh, through those technologies. And the grounded bed sheets are cool, but like also those little pads, so you literally just get the wire and then those EKG pads, and you're good to go. Oh, so. That's so cool. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, which is fun. So you can like, I, I, and I'm sure you can get super optimized for this. Like, let's say you just did like a push day and you worked your chest shoulders and triceps, you like go to bed with some electrodes on your chest shoulders, triceps, like and maybe that's giving a local effect. I don't know. I, I do experience local improvements overnight when I use it on the particular areas that feel like they have any damage like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. Cool. Okay. Last question, Angela, take
3: it. We would like to know, sir, what is your favorite snack?
0: Okay. i got a couple. (laughs) I have like, uh, okay. I like I like salt and vinegar chips a lot and any kind of chip that has like a salt or like salty jalapeno, salt and vinegar chips, Cadoco chips, I don't eat them like rarely, rarely. Although I have found a brand of some sweet potato chips that like I feel good about and I eat those. I've gotten into this interesting habit of eating like an organic apple with this like chocolate coconut kind of like low sugar thing. But the combination is bomb. You wouldn't think about it, but it's like (laughs) apple with this chocolate coconut, like really quite good. Um, And I guess I kind of took this question as the kind of more fun snacks that are not as yes that is definitely. not as like normal okay that's that's the intention of that yeah then i'll stick yeah. with those uh odd thing that my family eats we crush a ton of olives like my daughter would <laughs> put it on all her fingers and she just like <laughs> crushes the olives so like most people like use olive oil but like we're like olive family and it's not just finger finger pop yeah we, yeah, she was it, like gives me her hands i like, put like 10 olives and she's eats like 40 olives in a sitting so it's like so okay <laughs>
3: that's really sweet
1: yeah <laughs> I love it. That was great. I we've been so delighted with these answers. MTD. Yeah. MTD. And more than delighted. That's what that
0: means. I like it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, is there anything you would like to share before we sign off?
0: Yeah. Um, everyone listening to this, especially if you're a health and fitness professional, like I think you should up your mineral game. I know we alluded to this a little bit. Uh, one thing that I like to do is like I've started to incorporate more fulvic and humic acids which are, you know, things you can do. I don't know if people are here are familiar listening to this, but go down the research rabbit hole of that. Basically, these are derived from the earth as well as decomposing plant material. And they have really bioavailable uh, minerals that our cells need to create voltage. And I also even got into uh, the practice of putting in my morning water. I believe that's the time to really remineralize. You wake up in the morning, your body needs mm-hmm. water and it needs minerals, like help mm-hmm. with the conductivity of that it's a little like, or off the cuff, but like from Ayurvedic in, uh, in, I guess it's like the Indian somewhat Eastern medicine, like they're big advocates of drinking out of copper cups. Like, why do you think that Mm -hmm. is? Because the copper itself is somewhat conductive and it actually can cause the water to behave in, in a little more of a structured water kind of format. Um, and so if someone hasn't read the book, uh, the fourth phase of water by Gerald Pollack, I, I highly recommend that book. It's really interesting, teaches you about water and, and, and the power of, of, of that. uh, yeah, minerals. I'll, I'll stay there. Up your minerals. Yeah. Get some more minerals in your life. Fulvic and humic acids are a good way to do that too.
3: Okay. For well, our clients, we did not tell him to say that. We did not <laughs> tell him to say that. that yeah. yeah. Thank you. You're
0: welcome. <laughs> You're welcome.
1: All right. And be sure to check Dr. Anthony out at fitfatherproject.com, fitmotherproject.com, Uh, Where do you hang out socially? What YouTube?
0: YouTube. Like I know it's not as much of like a social chat, but like our YouTube channels are bomb. So check those out, Fit Father and Fit Mother Project on YouTube. And then the websites have all of our programs, our transformations, great blog, cool stuff on there. So you can check that out as well.
1: Fabulous. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening. This was a fun, just perfect Friday afternoon episode for us. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Thank you so much listening and being a part of the ThinkFit, BeFit podcast network. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. If you're interested in further resources, check out or visit our website, ThinkFitBFitpodcast.com.